God bless you and welcome to the sanctuary here at Bright Temple. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged of God on this morning. Pray God's favor upon your life and the lives of your loved ones. And I hope that you've come expectant. I hope that you come believing. I hope that you come with faith. Even if you don't come with faith, there is still hope. For even as God spoke to the man who, Jesus, who he healed his servant, he said, yes, Father, I believe. He said, but help my unbelief. I pray that if your belief needs help on this morning, I hope that some of the things that God says through me will encourage you and strengthen your faith so that you may live the life of expectancy that God has for you. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I pray that what you have heard and will hear today will help you to walk inside that abundant life that Christ has for us, even here while we're on earth. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for these few moments that we have with your people to our listeners, Lord. Let these words speak life and breathe life into their life, into their spirit, into them physically, into them emotionally, even into them naturally. Lord, I hope that your word will strengthen their life, invigorate that light on the inside of them, that light of Jesus Christ that reminds them of who they are, that reminds them of their importance, that reminds them that they are a child of the king, a peculiar people, a holy nation that have been set aside and set apart and called out of darkness into your marvelous light. I pray all of these things, Lord, even during these destiny moments, let us be aware, let us intentionally have our hearts, our minds, our spirits open and receptive to the direction that you will give all of us through your word. Allow your word to be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And most of all, through these destiny moments, let us be aware, let us take direction, let us be perceptive and receptive to what you're saying. Don't allow us to leave this moment unchanged. Don't allow us to leave here the same way that we came. In Jesus' precious and holy name, we pray, amen. And God bless you. For this year, we have been sharing from the thought, from the idea, from the concept, a concept that I want each of you to embrace. The concept of moving forward, thinking forward, looking forward, hoping forward, having a forward mindset, having a forward mentality, maintaining a forward position in everything that you do. With that thought, with that impetus in mind, we're going to be sharing for the last few weeks from the idea, from the concept of commitment issues. Because to move forward, you have to commit to the move. You have to fully sell yourself into what you're doing. Remember, our focus scripture for our theme for forward is forgetting those things which are behind. Philippians 3, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching and pressing in fact, the, it, when you define that word from the Greek that Paul uses in the scripture, he says straining with every piece of your being forward into that which God has before us for that mark, for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. We have to stretch and strain ourselves with every part of our being. To do so, we have to commit to it. We have to commit to the move. We have to commit to the change. We have to commit to that amount of effort that we're going to give. 
So in the last few weeks, we've discussed having commitment issues. The last two times that we shared on, on last Sunday and last Tuesday night, we talked about brokenness. We talked about brokenness. We were talking about how brokenness can impact our commitment, our ability to commit to God. We talked about on last Sunday, what is your level of brokenness? And we discussed the Tuesday night before, you know, examining how brokenness can lead to openness. And today we're going to discuss both. We're going to bring that concept, that idea of brokenness to a conclusion and move forward into pursuit. We're moving from brokenness to pursuit. So, yes, we're still sharing from the same series, Commitment Issues. But today we want to talk about pursuit, committed to pursue. When I began to think of pursuit of God, I couldn't help but think of a very familiar story, a very familiar passage of scripture that you find there in Luke chapter eight. Luke chapter eight, and we'll begin at verse 43. Familiar story to most of us in Christendom and many to many, though, many others who have just listened and heard the word preached. Luke chapter eight, verse 43 from the English Standard Version reads, and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him, Jesus, and touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your faith has made you well. Daughter, go in peace. I want to talk to you this morning about the pursuit of God. The pursuit committed to pursue. There are so many stories that I wanted to examine and look at in the in the text and in the Bible to discuss pursuit, particularly as we often talk about this woman with the issue of blood. I wanted to discuss it from the perspective of another story. But after looking at this story so carefully, it so perfectly shows how this woman and why this woman was pursuing her healing and why she was committed to pursue. That's something that we have to do. We have to be committed. We talked about being committed. We talked about going forward, but you can't go forward if you're not committed to go forward. You have to be absolutely and totally and wholly committed to move forward. You have to commit to it with all your being. It can't be something that you do for just a little while. But you have to change your lifestyle when you are truly committing 
to go forward, committing to pursue after what God has for you. There's a difference when you talk about pursuit. There there is a, a, a type of commitment that is involved in pursuit that is unlike any other. I, I, I can only explain it in the context of what I have experienced on my own, because as many of you out there may have, and I, I still do struggle with my weight. I, I want to be healthy. I want to live a healthy lifestyle. I want to eat healthy. I want to drink healthy. I, I, I desire to be in a in a healthy weight that is good for what for my type of living, because I want to live as long as God has for me to live. I don't want to fall short of any of the years that God has for me so that I can pursue and do everything that he desires for me to accomplish. That requires me living a healthy lifestyle, not simply doing healthy things. And in the past, I just want to be honest, I'll, I'll talk about myself. You can talk about your own self. You can have that conversation with yourself. I did healthy things, but I was not committed to living a healthy lifestyle. I did healthy things, but I was not fully and totally immersed and committed to living a healthy lifestyle. I'll tell you some of the things that I've done. I, 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 I've tried some diet plans. I've tried the lemonade cleanse and, I, and it worked for me. It's something that I, that I tried. I'm not, I'm not recommending it to anybody. I'm saying something that worked for me. It worked as a diet. It was something healthy that I did for myself. I lost a lot of weight. But it was something that I was doing healthy and it was not me totally immersing and committing myself to a healthy lifestyle. I did it for a while and then I put it down as something I picked up and then I put down. And because I was not committed, I did not continue to live healthy. Something I did that I have continued to do is I, I gave up sodas. I gave up, you know, carbonated drinks because of the sugar content. Something that I did not only for my overall health and for my weight, but also for my circulatory system for to help with to, to regulate sugar to for the purpose of also my kidneys, not uh, consuming a lot of dark sugary drinks. That is something that I did personally for me that I com- that I did and I've continued to do. That was a healthy choice, but it was something that I did and have done that is healthy, but it was not a full immersive commitment to living a healthy lifestyle. So although I was healthy in that regard, I was unhealthy in other areas. And as a result, I did not get the type of response and result that I desired for my body. I did not get the type of result and response that I desired for my overall health because I had not committed fully to the lifestyle. I was doing a healthy thing, but I had not committed to the lifestyle. Yes, I gave up pork. I gave up high cholesterol foods. And even more recently, as I have adopted a healthy lifestyle, there are other things that I had to give up. Other things that I had to do. But you know what happened? What happened is I had a physical and I and I suggest each of you get a physical. Men out there get a physical. Women, you get physicals. Now, women usually are better about this than we are as men. But men, be committed. Get a physical. And some of you say you have faith. You say you have faith so you don't go get a physical. That's not faith. Faith is not afraid of information. Let me say that. You can hashtag that. Faith is not afraid of information. Because you can get all the information you need. 
And you can still have faith in the face of that information. You're not a faith is not afraid of information. I think I even put it on Facebook one day that I, I was laughing at how my daughter kind of uh, showed that show that mix of information and faith. It was storming outside. She's afraid of thunderstorms. And she asked me, she said, Dad, can you pull up the weather app and then can we pray? So she wanted the information about the impending thunderstorms that were coming through, but then she wanted to pray. So she wanted the information, but she still wanted to exercise faith. The same is what we do. Get the information. Go get your physical. Go get your checks. Women, make sure that you go get your get, get checked for breast cancer, get checked for colon cancer. Men and women, make sure that you go get your physical. Do it yearly. Make sure you stay updated on your health information. It is so important that we make sure that we maintain the information necessary for us to be healthy. Don't go by how you feel. Don't just say I feel good and I feel healthy. It's not about that. Make sure you get all the information. You get weighed. They check your body mass index. They check your height. They check your blood pressure. They check all of these things. They do exams and charts regarding your, your, your blood sugar and your, and your blood pressure. Go out and get your physicals, people. Get the information. Get it done every year so that you can stay healthy. Faith is not afraid of information. And any of my doctors who watch us, I know you're saying amen right now because it's necessary. It's necessary. Doesn't matter how much insurance you have. The better insurance is getting a physical so that you can know what is happening in your body. You can have insurance and never use it, but it'd be better if you get physicals and then you won't have to use that insurance for more severe for more severe hospital visits. Please go get your physicals. Go get examined. Do it every year. Stay updated on your health. Amen. I wasn't intending to go that way, but it is very important. I said that for the purpose of I went to my physical. I, I, I scheduled a physical. And during that physical, the doctor examined me. Everything was good. Everything was healthy. My blood pressure was a little high. And he discussed the possibilities of what would be necessary if I had to go on blood pressure medication. And one of the things that I decided in my mind a long time ago that I was not going on any further medication. God bless you for those who are. Keep taking your medication. I'm not telling you to stop. I'm talking about where my faith was and what I believed and what I my own personal commitment to God. I said, instead of going on this medication, I'm going to not just lose weight, not just do healthy things, but I have to change my lifestyle. I have to change my lifestyle. That means running. I run, but I have to stay committed to running. I have to do it a little more often. Not only running and exercising, but that means I had to give up some other things. I had to get up, give up the fried foods, the breaded and fried foods. I started giving those up in addition to the pork and the beef that I usually give up. Those are some of the other. I, I drink water exclusively. I used, I used to drink water low and zero calorie Gatorade. Now I just drink exclusively water. And I try to drink a gallon of water every day. Just being honest, I usually at least get to a half gallon of water every day. Those are some things that I'm doing. I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just telling you I committed to a different lifestyle, not just doing healthy things, but do, living a healthy lifestyle, also changing in my mind. And that's something that's difficult for us, particularly as minor, not just African-Americans, but as minorities. We seem to have an inordinate amount of an attachment to food. Some of us, it seems like we live for food and I have to change in my mindset. I don't live to eat, but I simply eat to live. I eat enough that is necessary to live. I don't live for the purpose of sitting down and eating a lot of food. 
just changing that whole concept because I had to change my lifestyle. I was committed now to changing, not, not just doing healthy things, but to changing my whole lifestyle. I had to commit to pursue a healthy lifestyle. Fully committed to pursue a healthy lifestyle. What was necessary for me was similar to what was necessary for this woman with the issue of blood. She had an issue. Mine was an issue. It was an issue with blood pressure, not just a bloodletting issue like this woman that caused me to commit to a course of action to change my lifestyle. And we have to similarly commit to pursue those things that God has for us. There are things that many of us will take it if you give it to us. There's a lot of things you'll take if they give it to you. How many of you have said that? Just, just acknowledge it. You can put your hand up. Somebody gave you something for free and you took it because it was free. Now, if you had to pay for it, you wouldn't have gotten it. But you simply accepted it because it was free. Some of you sample like they used to. And I know with COVID, things have changed. They used to in, in the grocery stores and particularly I remember in Sam's, they would have a lot of samples. I think they still they do it also at Publix. They'll have samples of food that they'll give you and they'll just sit there and show you all these samples. And you'll say, oh, I'll try that. Why are you trying it? Because it's free. Now, if they said now nah, that's going to cost a dollar, you'd be like some of you be like, OK, I'm, I'm good. I'm okay. don't want it. I don't want it that bad. I don't want it enough where I have to pay for it. But if you give it to me for free, I'll take it. And many of us have a similar concept as it relates to our lives. There are things that we'll take if they're given to us. But we're unwilling to commit to it. If it's not free. Talk about teachers. I can talk about teachers because I'm a teacher myself. They always laugh at teachers because we always seem to love free stuff. If they announce something free at school, they can put an email. It don't matter what it is. It can be posters. It can be tape. It can be cardboard paper. And they'll be like, oh, it's free in the lounge. And teachers run and go pick up that free stuff. We love stuff that's free. Now, if someone said now each of them will cost you a dollar. It won't be as much enthusiasm because there is a cost. There is a price associated with it. We react differently when things are given to us. That's why so many of us have bought in to any type of theology that's that's name it and claim it. We're all about that. If it comes to us for free, if we don't have to work for it, if we don't have to toil for it, if we don't have to commit for it, if we don't have to consecrate for it, if we don't have to pray for it, if we don't have to cry for it, if we don't have to yearn for it, if we don't have to commit our, our, our lives to it, we'll accept it if it's free. But I came to tell you that God has a plan and a purpose for your life and the thing that God has intended for you. It's going to cost you something. You're going to have to commit to it. It will not be free. It's going to cost you your time. It's going to cost you crying at night. It's going to cost you your effort. You're going to go home and go to bed tired some nights. You're going to go sometimes physically and spiritually and emotionally exhausted. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you sometimes giving of yourself to somebody else. Even when it seems like they don't appreciate it, even when they don't understand how much sacrifice you've put into that. It's going to cost you something. 
In fact, David said this as it relates to God. He was sacrificing unto God and he went to a man who was offering a threshing floor and he was offering it to him for free. And David said, no, I will accept it from you only at a price. He said, because I will not offer anything to the Lord, my God. that costs me nothing. I will not offer it to the Lord if it cost me nothing. The word says we are. He said, he said, submit to your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The pursuit of God's purpose, our commitment to pursue after God is going to cost you something. There is a cost associated with committing to pursue God. And this woman, this woman with this issue of blood, she had pursued her health. She had pursued her answer. And you know what? It cost her everything. It cost her everything. Although we commend this woman, I will say this. I pray that you don't lose everything before you commit to pursue God. I pray it doesn't cost you everything before you submit and commit to pursue after God. Woman, it says of the woman, it says she when she had when she she had seeking, sought many answers from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather she grew worse. Her condition worsened after committing all her resources, all her time, all her effort in pursuing healing from these doctors. And when she got down to nothing else. And I'm telling you, I'm, 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 I'm praying for somebody who's there that, that you don't commit all your resources, that you don't lose it all before you decide to commit to pursue God. Said when she had lost everything and she was at a place where she was worse off than when she started. That's when she said, I need to find Jesus. I need to commit to pursue Jesus. I need to commit to pursue him. I need to Go after him. I need to make sure that I find him. Then her whole pursuit changed. Understand now, she was pursuing all along, much like the Apostle Paul. Paul, most of his life was Saul before he became Paul. He was pursuing after something, but he was pursuing after persecuting the followers of Jesus. Then he had his Damascus Road experience and all God did was rerouted his pursuit. Instead of pursuing after those and persecuting those who followed Christ. He caused him to pursue after those who did not follow Christ. God simply changed the focus of his pursuit. Paul was always a pursuer. Paul was always motivated. Paul was always a go getter. Even as Saul. The problem was, like this woman, he was pursuing with all his might in the wrong direction. He was pursuing the wrong thing. His pursuit was misguided. And I, and I, and I want to say that to someone out there. You're expending a lot of effort. You're spending a lot of effort, but your pursuit is misguided. 
You need to refocus. Take this time to refocus. Yes, I'm using all my energy. I'm using all my effort. I'm emptying myself of everything that I have, but yet I'm not receiving the results that I want. I want to tell you right now, don't stop having the vigor to pursue. But rather, it may be time to refocus your pursuit. Make sure that what I'm doing lines up with God's will and with God's purpose. We talked about it on last week. When you line up with God's purpose, God will make a way for you where there is no way. And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord to them who are called according to his purpose. God is not committed to your effort. He's committed to your purpose. (laughs) I want you to get that. He's not committed to your effort. He's committed to your purpose because you can run as hard as you want to in the wrong direction. God is not going to bless your effort. He's going to bless your purpose. So make sure that when you're expending all of this effort, you're 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 spending all of this sweat and all of your energy. Before you make one step in the direction of expending your energy. Understand God doesn't bless your effort. He blesses your purpose. And if your purpose is blessed, then everything else is blessed. Your effort is blessed. Your results are blessed. The people who are associated with you and your purpose are blessed. Remember Obed-Edom when when the the Ark of the Covenant was placed, when David got afraid and the Ark of the Covenant was placed in the house of Obed-Edom. It said not only was Obed-Edom blessed, but everybody that was attached to him was also blessed. I'm coming to tell you when your purpose is blessed of God, everything that is attached To your purpose is blessed. Everything is blessed. And on the other end, I can tell you this, too. I give you the I give you the example of Jonah. When your purpose is cursed, everybody that's attached to you and your cursed purpose is also cursed. Jonah got Jonah. All Jonah did was get on the wrong ship. I promise you, everybody else that was on that ship regretted the moment that the soles of Jonah's sandals touched that ship. That ship was doomed as soon as Jonah and his evil purpose stepped on side, us aside that ship. We should get that. Don't get, watch you. I've shared this before. It's a whole nother sermon. Watch who you get. Watch who you let on the ship. Be careful who you allow on your ship of purpose and destiny. They lost all of their cargo. The the ship began, was headed for shipwreck. The ship was going down in the middle of the sea until they tossed Jonah off. Jonah and his evil purpose had to be tossed off the ship to save the ship. If your purpose is blessed, you and everybody attached to you are blessed. But if your purpose is cursed, the same is true. Everyone that is attached to you will also be cursed. In expending your effort, remember, God does not bless the effort. He blesses the purpose. So make sure that your purpose aligns with what God has intended for you to do. So this woman, all of her efforts were were cursed. She was going after the doctors. They were cursed. She, She didn't get better, but rather she grew worse. But her, just like Saul changing to Paul, when she shifted her purpose, And decided I'm not committed to paying my way through my 
difficulty with the doctor. But now I'm committed fully and totally and wholly. My complete focus. Remember, focus. Remember, you have to you have to recognize what the problem is. And then you then you can be responsible to be committed to what that problem is. Her whole focus, her whole shift or her mindset changed to just simply finding Jesus. If I can find Jesus. Then I can touch Jesus. And then I can be healed. Her focus was simple. Sometimes we have we have highly developed long paragraph focuses. We have 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 long mission statements that that say a lot of things, but have a lot of words. But but they're short on focus. They're short on purpose. This woman had a very short mission statement. Find Jesus. Touch Jesus. Be healed. Find Jesus. Touch Jesus. Be healed. Find Jesus. Touch Jesus. Be healed. This woman had a very short mission statement. This woman had her purpose bottled up and focused. She understood what it was and she began to commit to pursue that with everything that was inside of her. I'm coming after my purpose with everything that is within me. I don't have anything else to lose. I'm going after God. I'm going after Jesus with all of my might. And I've shared before, I, I, I believe we, we get we get the short points of the story. But I, I believe this woman just went out looking for Jesus. She was she was out in the bushes looking for Jesus. Have you heard if Jesus is coming? Do you know where he is? If she if she had a GPS tracker, she would have put it on Jesus and his disciples. She wanted to know when Jesus was coming. She wanted to know when he was in her area. I, I, I imagine if we put it in modern day terms, she would have put him on Snapchat and she would have been looking for his location on Snapchat to figure out where Jesus is. She was trying to find him, find my friends on on Apple. She was looking for Jesus. If she could Google his his, his location, she would have Googled it. She was looking for Jesus with everything that was within her because she had a simple motion. She had a simple she had a simple purpose. She had a simple mission statement. She was committed to pursue Jesus, find Jesus, touch Jesus, be healed. So all she had to do when she heard that Jesus was in the area. I wish somebody was with me because you understand that faith cometh by hearing. Faith cometh by hearing. We keep seeing that emphasized in the word. Faith cometh by hearing. When she heard that Jesus was in the area, she went out to find him. She went out to seek him. And that woman was so committed, she wasn't concerned about how many other people were out there, how big the crowd was, how how large the throng was. She didn't care where Jesus was headed. She didn't care which direction he was going. She was not concerned about any of that. When she heard that Jesus was in the area, she was committed to finding him because she had to find Jesus. She had to touch Jesus and then she could be healed. She was committed to pursue him with everything that was within her. So when she heard he was in the area, uh oh, part one of the mission statement, I found it. Now all I have to do is touch him. I found him. Now I have to touch him. I dare you to do that in your own life. Get you a get you a three statement mission statement. 
Get you a short mission statement to accomplish and pursue after what God has for you to, to for God to, to direct you, for God to, 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 to focus your purpose so that you can fully commit to what he's trying to do in your life. Find something short. Find something that is abbreviated. Find something you can say to yourself. Allow it to be your mantra when you look up in the in the mirror in the in the morning, just like this woman. Find Jesus, touch Jesus, be healed. When she realized she had found him, then she was committed to touching him. And I, I can hear her saying in her mind, there is nobody that's going to stop me from touching Jesus. Nobody is going to stop me from touching Jesus. I, I'm going to grab hold to his garment because I have determined in my mind, my faith is stretched out. My faith is reaching. My faith is straining forward in that direction, understanding that if I can touch but the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. I shall be healed. If I can just touch him, if I can lay hold to Jesus, I, I will be made whole. So I can imagine after the woman had heard that Jesus was going to be in the area. I imagine that it was something on the inside of her, that faith, that anticipation began to take hold as she heard that Jesus was in the area. She began to be committed to that singular principle that I must find. Since I found him, I just have to touch him. If I can lay hold of him, I don't care if they, they can arrest me afterwards for assault, but I'm going to touch Jesus. They can say that I'm crazy and take me to a asylum, but I'm going to touch Jesus. They can say that, I, that, I, that I'm too zealous, that, I, that, I, that I'm acting crazy, that I'm acting manic in this moment. But she said, I don't care what they say about it, me. I don't care what they think about me. But if I can touch but the hem of his garment, I understand that I will be made So she woke up with purpose that morning. I'm going to touch Jesus. I've already found him, so I'm going to touch him. So it said she made her way through the press. She was not concerned about how many people were in front of her. Remember, we talked about that the other week. We have to get through. We have to get past the people. She was determined to get past the people, to get past the humanity. She was determined to reach and find Jesus by any means necessary. I believe if this woman had to dive on her face to grab hold of Jesus' garment, she was committed to pursue Jesus at all costs because her faith had told her, if I touch him, if I touch him, I shall be made whole, not Notice the, the language of this woman, the language of the text. It does not say if I touch him, I have a high probability of being healed. It does not say if I touch him, I should be made well. It does not say if I touch him that I might be made well. It does not say if I touch him that I may become whole, that I might get incrementally better. But she said and determined in her mind by her faith. But if I touch but the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. That's faith. That's faith straining in one direction. That's faith reaching out. With all that it was within this woman to say that I'm going to get the result that I need from God if I simply do this. And that's what faith is. 
Faith is believing and accepting in your mind that whatever I can do, whatever effort is necessary on my part, if I extend myself, if I extend my effort, I'm going to receive exactly what I need from God. And I know there's somebody who feels that this morning, that you're in a place and you're understanding you're doing all that you can, but your faith ought to tell you that once that I've done all that I can, once I've done all I can. One of the songwriters said uh, that after you've done all you can, all you can do is stand. When you stand, you're standing on God's word. You're standing in commitment with God. You're standing in agreement with God. You're saying, Lord, I've done all I know to do. And I'm trusting you, Lord, to take me the rest of the way. I don't have anything else in me to do in this moment. But, Lord, I'm trusting you to take me the rest of the way. David said, Lord, he said, preserve me, O Lord, for in thee do I put my trust. He's saying, Lord, I don't know what else to do, but I'm believing by faith that since I've done all I can, you're going to take me to the next level. You're going to take me to a higher place. You're going to heal me. You're going to deliver me from whatever I'm dealing with. So the woman with the issue of blood she had the same commitment she said in her heart if I can touch the hem of his garment she said that's all I know to do that's as far as my faith has taken me but I believe when I touch his garment I shall be made whole and I came to tell somebody today wherever you are when you feel like you've done all you can you need to stand, stand on the word, stand on your principle, stand on what God told you. God said it, I believe it, and I expect to experience a turnaround in my life. I don't have to turn around, but if I believe by faith that God's going to do it, I expect a turnaround in my life. And I came to tell somebody this morning, you can experience a turnaround. You can experience a change in your life. All you have to do is believe by faith that God's going to do it. Somebody put those hands together right now and trust God. I dare you to trust God. I dare you to pray. I dare you to have faith. I believe right now that God said, I believe it. And it's done right now in the name of Jesus. I believe that it's done. I'm trusting God that it is done. Even in that moment. I want you to understand the beautiful thing about this woman. I, I told you already to be wary. I don't want you to expend all of your effort and lose all you have before you seek Jesus. But there's a beautiful moment, the most beautiful moment that I find in this story. It's beautiful how she pursued Jesus and it's beautiful the amount of faith that she had. But the culmination of that moment 
to me is the seminary experience, the unique experience in the Bible that you see nowhere else. Where Jesus did not recognize her, he did not go out for the purpose of healing her. In fact, when she extracted her healing by touching his garment, Jesus turns and says, who touched me? Who touched me? I feel that the issue of healing has has left my body. I felt the power being pulled from my body. Who touched me? Because it happened according to this woman's faith. She didn't get healed after Jesus knew that the power had gone out. She didn't get healed after he turned around and said, who touched me? He didn't even get, she didn't even get healed when he turned around and said to the woman, thy faith hath made thee well. When he said thy faith has made you well, that was an acknowledgement of something that had already happened. Because at the moment she touched his garment, says the woman felt the issue resolve. She felt the flow of blood dry. She was healed at the very moment that she said she would be. Find Jesus. Touch Jesus. Be healed. Just as she had spoken it into her heart. And as she had spoken it into the ears of God by faith, it happened for her just like that. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for these moments where our faith has been challenged. Our commitment to pursue you has been examined. Lord, many of us, even as I acknowledge myself in my own example, things that we did that showed that we are churchy people or religious people. We came to church. We did churchy things. We did religious things. We did spiritual things. But Lord, we did not commit to pursue you. We did not have that singular focus like this woman in this text. Help us, Lord, to have that singular focus, to commit to pursue you with all of our heart, with all of our might, with all of our soul. Lord, that's what you require of us in your word. To love the Lord God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. That's what you desire from us. Help us to commit to pursue you, even as you have demonstrated in your word. There may be someone out there who has not accepted Christ as your Savior. I want you to take this moment to pray with me wherever you are. Just lift your hand. Say, Lord, I am a sinner. I have come short of your glory. And I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry for all of my sin. Please forgive me. Lord, I need you to wash my heart. Wash my mind. Wash me all over, Lord. Create within me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Lord, I believe in my heart And I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ was crucified. He died and was buried, but rose again with all power in his hands. 
And today, I claim him as my Savior and my Lord. Jesus, come into my heart and I'll make you my Savior and my Lord. If you said that prayer by faith, if you said that with true commitment in your heart, then you are saved. Challenge you to find a body of believers, get connected to the body of Christ. Find a place that you can grow and mature in God. If you want to join us here at Bright Temple, you can simply text Bright Temple one word all together. Bright Temple to 66866. And you can become a part of this ministry. Again, Bright Temple one word all together. Text that to 66866 and become a part of this ministry. You also can connect with us at the website bit.ly forward slash Bright Temple. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Bright Temple, capital B, capital T. You can commit and follow us on social media and all of our streams and be connected to us as you go forward. I pray that each of you have been blessed by what you heard on today. I pray that you will live with purpose and a commitment to pursue God like never before. It's not just doing religious or godly or spiritual things, but it's totally commitment to a lifestyle to be like Christ. I pray that you will pursue that with all your heart until we shall see you again. God bless you.